everybody, and welcome to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. I am Ben. Doug. Tug. Doug's not here. He's uh, having another beer down in Mexico, so it's just me and Hell Doug yeah. Week. And uh, Doug, we hope you're having a wonderful time. And, let's uh, let's be real. He's he's earned this and then some. So enjoy your time down there, buddy. We'll see you next week. Absolutely, absolutely. So. As the title says here, we're going to review NFL Week 5 and College Football Week 6. And uh, there's no time like the present. Let's kick it off with some NFL news. Doug, take us away. All right, guys. Um, Devontae Adams might be a little bit of an asshole. Uh, Walking off the field was clearly in a bad mood and just yeeted a cameraman uh, off onto the ground. He is going to be suspended for at least one game uh, per some sources out there. Um, That cameraman has filed a police report against Devontae Adams. Uh, This one is much more, significantly more uh, valid than the uh, police report filed against Bobby Wagner. Uh, This is just absolutely insane, and it's not the first time he's taken out a cameraman. Granted, the first time was in Green Bay. Um... He caught a touchdown, and when he just threw the ball behind him, he domed a, a cameraman. So, uh, if you're a cameraman, watch out for Devontae Adams. That's what I heard. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy. I just kind of saw that Devontae Adams was in the news for something ridiculous, and then I saw it, and I was like, what would cause somebody to want to do this? Tough loss. Losing by one point doesn't feel good. So, I get it. But at the same time, dear Lord, dude, come on. Did I mean, Aaron Rodgers rub off on him that much? While we're here, do we really want to talk about that game real quick with uh, that roughing the passer? Um, If only about the other roughing the passer. I was going to say the only reason I bring it up and we can bring both up into it uh, is because the NFL's competition committee is looking at roughing the passer rules, um, seeing if they want to change them. Now, that's not saying anything's going to change. If I'm going to be honest with you, nothing is going to change. it's just watching those two is kind of nuts. Um, I'll, I'll say this. Um, frankly, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. I do enjoy my Mike Ditka mustache here. Uh, I'll say this, though. As far as roughing the passer penalties go, the one in, that was called in that Chiefs-Raiders game, much more applicable to the rule than hold on for a second. You know, hold your hold comments. Oh, I know, I know. Uh what I will say about the uh, Buccaneers game is not only that changed the course of the game, that was not roughing the passer. And the crew showed as much, too. Like, I couldn't believe when I watched it because they come back for commercial break and they show Brady getting hit five, six times. One of them, he got hit in the side of the knee, no flag. But then that play was ruled a flag. He's wrapped up around the waist. The defensive player was rolling as he wrapped him up like he it wasn't anything malicious that was a third down Buccaneers would have punted on the next play but instead they get a first down and end up being able to knee out the game that that absolutely changed the course of the game now, so uh, the only thing I'm going to say with that is and this is in line with what you were saying because I've made my feelings on what I'm about to bring up clear um, if that's roughing the passer then the hit on Tua was also roughing the passer. And that Both wasn't rough. Yeah. And, and that's my thing is that hit on Tua was not roughing the passer. And yeah. that hit on Brady was not roughing the passer. Like that was no, ridiculous. I agree. That was that was a clear fix 
for uh for the Buccaneers in my opinion. Like that was I I just I don't get it. What I will say about what I will say about the Chiefs game is had Derek Carr not fumbled the ball, that call is perfectly in line with the rule, right? There's Correct. the whole the whole body weight issue and everything. So I, I understand why the flag was thrown. The issue is there was a fumble. Like that's not that's yeah. not a penalty at that point. That's a fumble. That's a strip the, And honestly, even if you want to call the penalty, if you're calling it on the body weight rule, and you and I had this discussion earlier, if you want to call it on the body weight rule, I get that. Cool. Here's the problem with that. The fumble had already occurred. Chris Jones had already had that ball. Therefore, the foul technically occurred after the turnover. Therefore, it still should have been Chiefs ball. Even if you want to flag it at that point, at least get your order of events correct. Yeah. So I just, I don't. I just have one more thing on this, and then we can move on to uh, to a surprise, surprise trade uh, in the NFL. But what the last thing I have on this is when the NFL competition committee, who member who decided to remain anonymous, uh, went out and said that there is no standard. Uh, they basically said it's completely subjective. And then you realize that the only rule in the NFL rulebook they are told to err on the side of caution, like I ref high school middle school ball and i get it's not the same but we are explicitly told that if you are not sure if there was a penalty do not throw the flag they want you to be a percent certain um roughing the pass from the nfl is the only one the only one that they're told to err on the side of caution if it might have been throw the flag and that's absolutely absurd exactly exactly and you know the the competition committee's coming together they're having a conversation i wonder if they're going to come come up and say hey we're going to look and see any time that there is a you know, potential for roughing they're, the passer, we're going to review it. Kind they're, like never gonna, with targeting. they're never going to do that because they've, they've already strong-armed that out of the game with the way they did the, the PI reviews, even ones that were clear on the review. Uh, they still never overturned. So I, I don't see that happening personally. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know, man. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. What like no, I, what's going I'm with on? You. And I, I think the thing that screams to me the most is that we can't look at the NFL rulebook and say, "Yeah, this is exactly how the it should have been called," because they can't even do that. Yeah. No, and that's that's the thing. That is 100% the issue because they can't even tell you what should and should not be called. So, I, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do. No, I, I, I don't either. Uh, moving on, though, uh, there is a trade in the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons are sending Deion Jones, linebacker, to the Cleveland Browns, along with a 2024 seventh-round pick for Cleveland's 2024 seventh, uh, sixth-round pick. Talk about being traded for absolutely nothing, man. I mean, we saw a first-round draft pick get traded for basically a sack of footballs earlier this year. So, I... You're not wrong. What are you going to do? All right. We're, we'll try and keep this next one short because you and I could have a lengthy discussion on this. Um, we are completely on other sides. It, it's, it's okay. Um, 
this is why we have a good show, at least what I think is a good show, is because we do disagree on some things. Uh, but the NFL has announced, the NFL and NFLPA have jointly announced uh, that they found no violations in Miami's application of the concussion protocol on Tua. What does that mean? The first thing everyone's going to ask is, well, then why was the doctor fired? Um, ben, I saw the debate you were having on Facebook. I'm not going to take any, honestly, um, not thought out arguments such as, oh, as for his medical opinion, which would in turn mean that the protocol was improperly applied. Not what I'm going after. Um, what it looked like is the NFLPA wanted a scapegoat and they chose the doctor right away. And the reason I say that is even the NFL has come out and stated that they have never supported firing uh, that unaffiliated doctor. So he, it was 100% a, you're the easy one to chop off, so we're going to chop you off and make it look like we're doing something immediately. I hate to say it, but that's what that was. But what does this mean about concussions? Honestly, this tells me, Ben, you, you were highlighting this, is why this is probably the worst case scenario, is we don't really know how truly dangerous they are. We don't fully understand them. And that is 100% true. Uh, medicine, including neuromedicine, is all a science we're learning every day. To me, the key is that we learn from it, we add something, and we move forward. Uh, and that is what the NFL has done in two separate instances now. I'm upset I don't have the Tom Savage incident details, uh, but this happened a few years ago where he was cleared of concussion. They went back and reviewed it and went, wait a minute. There's something wrong with our protocol. He never should have been cleared and made adjustments. Uh, they did that again this week. Uh, we were talking last week about the potential for gross motor instability. Well, they took it a step further. Uh, and they have added the medical term ataxia to no-go symptoms. Uh, ataxia is a loss of balance, a slurring of speech, some other things that are neurologically based. Um, if you show any of those... You are, it's an immediate no-go symptom, and you're pulled out of the game uh, and immediately put into concu uh, concussion protocol. This has happened twice just this past week. On Thursday night with Naheem Hines, uh, mm -hmm. that was before the rule was officially put in place. Uh, and then, as well as on Sunday with Teddy Bridgewater in Miami, that one is a hot topic. I don't want to get into it. Um, that That was a brutal one because I didn't see any of the signs, and the only one reporting it is the unaffiliated neuro doctor, which is his right to do, saying, I thought I saw this. And you know what? If he genuinely thinks he saw a stumble, I'm all for him doing it. It just, it makes it tough when you're putting it in that subjective lane. You know what I mean? Like, I wish there was, a, I don't know, because what I'm saying is, hey, he stumbled. That is objective. Like, you can see that. The issue is, on all of the video replays we've seen, there was no stumble. The caveat is maybe he did when he went back into the locker room and we didn't see it. Uh, but this is already in place. Yeah. Uh, Miami can't catch a break as far as concussions go. Concussions are injuries all around, man. We are we are hurting. It's, it's terrifying. And my whole point with that was, so, so first of all, we can have a whole discussion about Miami and the Dolphins did everything correctly, right? You know, oh, the NFL put out these rules and they did the investigation and they determined that nothing was done wrong. Yeah, totally. Not not fishy at all, right? I mean, uh, but my whole, far... my whole point with that was, and that's what I was looking for, is, hey, we didn't find anything wrong in the way they applied the protocol, but the protocol was broken. That's what I was looking for. 
So with that part, I, I didn't see anything official, but somebody said, oh, well, the doctor was fired because he got it wrong. I'm like, okay, well, that's ridiculous. Doctors get stuff wrong. Unless was, you can, if you can prove that he was negligent, then the protocol wasn't followed. And that's right? why I, I brought that argument up. I hate, I hated that argument. I didn't even respond to that post because what you were saying was completely right. And that fan on that group was just off his rocker. Um, like I know a, we're streaming a, on that group, and I love all you guys, but uh, yeah, that that was not the right argument to take. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're firing the doctor because he got it wrong, like that's your right, but the doctor didn't do anything wrong. Doctors make mistakes; they're it, human. To me, you, it was a mistake. A fireable mistake is something that you intentionally did wrong. Correct. And if the other thing is. He had to get cleared by the independent neurosurgeon and the team doctor. The team doctor never got fired, though. Right? Yep. So, what, like, what's going on here? There's, there's a lot of questions. And, yeah, I, when you look at it, we don't know a lot about concussions. We still don't know a lot about concussions. We're still learning about it. There's a decrease in the number of kids playing football. The popularity is going down to a degree because nobody wants to. There's a lot. There's not as much of an appetite for these big hits, for these guys getting debilitating injuries. And now, with all the steps the NFL has taken in play, in the player safety area, we're still finding out that we don't know as much as we think we do. So, to me, every, they did everything they were supposed to, and we still got the same result. I, I just I don't think it's the best the best ending out of all of this. But I will add though, what happened on Thursday night to Tua Tagovailoa could have happened if he didn't ever get hurt on yep. Sunday night to begin with, right? So that. Yep. This is an entire thing that all goes back to it could have happened without the, without any apparent or apparent injury or missed injury from yep. Sunday night. So it's 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 just not it's not good. The NFL has no idea how to put out good press in my opinion whenever there's any type of controversy. And in fairness, this was pretty much a lose-lose situation. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> if they come out and say X, Y, and Z wasn't followed, now it's a matter of you don't have control over your your organizations, yep. which is just as bad as saying, yeah, everything was followed. And, you know, I, I don't so, know. There's, it's, not, it's not a good situation any way you slice it, in my opinion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up the, the concussion talk here. Uh, Chris Olave had a fantastic grab in the touch uh, in the end zone. Got his first NFL touchdown. Is now off that same play, out in concussion protocol. Um, and then, like you're saying, man, I'm uh, what I've got here to finish it up is football is a dangerous sport. There's no question. Um, part of that's the reason why they get paid so much. Like I hate to say it, but that's that's definitely part of it is the risk they are taking. Um, and it's it's hard to tell when it happens. Concussions affect everybody differently at every time. That what that's what makes it so hard to understand. Because technically, if you sit there and bang your head on a table, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty definition of a concussion, you just gave yourself one. Um, like any blow to the head can be considered a concussion if you're depending on where you have that line. That's where it gets to be a gray area. The big thing is, as long as the NFL continues to learn in a and adapt their protocol to what they have learned, that's all we can do. That's the only way we can learn because it's it's a science. It's not perfect. We don't know everything, and it's going to take us a while to get there. So as long as they continue to take the proper steps and add in the proper precautions as they come up, 
for things that nobody would have thought of, then let's let's do that. I will say too, I'm so glad the NFL actually gave those referees gave Chris Olave the touchdown. The last time I saw a player get injured in New Orleans catching a touchdown, he caught it, his leg snapped after a turn, you know, on the turf, by the way, just compound yep. fracture in his shin, snapped, he hits the ground, and then sets the ball down next to him that called an incomplete pass. That was the last play Zach Miller ever played in the NFL. Yeah. No, and then I watched that play, and I was like, they got to give him that touchdown because he was all the way down. He was lights out when he hit, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. if you watch that replay. But he was all the way down, and it wasn't until he went lights out that the ball came out. Yeah. So it's – I'm glad they finally figured out what a catch was, even if it was only for one play. All right. Can can I tell you what I'm glad about, though? Matt Rule got fired? That we talked about coaching hot seats last week. And sure enough, one of the guys we talked on is no longer an NFL head coach. Uh, Matt Rule has been let go by the Panthers. Apparently, both uh, sides allowed him, so he wanted to, and the ownership allowed him uh, to have a – meeting with the players to say thank you and goodbye, which is actually a really class move uh, by both sides. On both sides, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't usually happen in the NFL. Uh, His buyout is in the $40 million range. Uh, So for those of you who have been following us, you know we love our Terry Bowden units. It's looking like about 93 TDUs. Uh, Which in dollar amounts is $40 million, which is more than what Nick Saban's buyout would be at Alabama. Uh, the interim head coach, and I'm sorry, this one makes me laugh. Uh, in an organization with a quarterback problem, the interim head coach is the one who drafted none other than Josh Rosen himself. Um, Steve Wilkes will now lead the Panthers franchise for the rest of the season. Um, the Panthers defensive coordinator has also been fired. But my question for you, Ben, does he go to West Virginia or does he go somewhere else? Where, where does Matt Rule end up? Interesting. That is an I, interesting question. I say West Virginia because the Big 12 connections, but there are plenty of good jobs out there, and I don't know who'd be looking for him. He is a he is known as a program builder. You know, I know there's uh there's some some Memphis fans that probably wouldn't be too upset to see him show up there. He's got experience coaching in that conference, of course, coaching Temple and PJ Walker, who ironically will be the, will be the starting quarterback this week for the Panthers this week, and. You know, the only reason he's on that team is because he played for Matt Rule, right? Uh, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I don't know what the appetite's going to be among Big 12 teams to bring him back in the fold after, you know, falling from a job like that. I could be completely wrong. He was amazing at Baylor. Yeah, he, he built two programs, and he built two programs quick. So I'm looking at teams that are looking for a quick turnaround. I, I really do like West Virginia. That seems to be a good fit for him. I'm not positive this is all speculation. That'd be my top job expectation for him, though, for me personally, would be he, he's going to end up in a Power Pie program. He's going to. Uh, I just I foresee that being West Virginia. And shout out to anybody that had Matt Rule as the first coach fired. I know a lot of Panthers fans were hoping for it, and a lot of different people were saying, yeah, that's probably how it's going to go. Yeah. All right. You know who's been trashed, though? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. And apparently he's been trashed because he has a torn lat in his throwing shoulder. Uh, He was flying to California for some injections to relieve discomfort in his shoulder. Look, I'm not a quarterback, but something tells me that's more than just discomfort. 
uh, and it's outright pain. Um, all of that being said, he's not expected to miss any time. I'm thinking maybe he should. Reminds me of that Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather fight back in 2015 when Manny Pacquiao was very clearly hurt. Uh, I believe it was his shoulder that was fucked up too. And it was just a pathetic fight that just ended up in a payday for both guys. Kind of ruined Pacquiao's legacy and the people that hated Mayweather still hated him. The people that liked him were like, wow, um, you're the, you're so much better than Manny Pacquiao, even though Pacquiao was hurt. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at with Russell Wilson. Uh, if you're a Russell Wilson fan, you're saying, man, something's just, it's, it's got to be Denver. Something, it's got to be something with the offense. And if you're ever doubtful about Russell Wilson, you're like, see, finally, it's just not working for him. He doesn't have the weapons, even though like, he's got decent guys out there. And he can't get it done. I, like I said, anything in the throwing shoulder for a quarterback, in the throwing arm for a quarterback concerns me. I highlighted my concerns about Matt Stafford earlier mm-hmm. this uh, this year before the season started, and sure enough, that seems to be plaguing him in his throwing elbow. Um, I it, This makes it real tough for us uh, and for me to believe in the Broncos right now. And I legit just saw a fantasy trade go through today in one of my leagues, Russell Wilson for Aaron Rodgers. Wow, somebody got absolutely trade raped. You're welcome. Yeah, it was oh, a I dynasty think. super flex league. So. You're welcome, by the way, for telling you to pick up Taysom Hill last week. I still lost. Are you kidding me? I don't have running points. backs. I don't have any running backs. <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, let's get into some of the fun stuff before we get into our reviews. Our alternate uniforms on the weekend are one and one uh, in the NFL. But Ben, let's pop up those slides and uh, get into some reviews. Well, before we do that, no, well, no, it is reviews first. What do <laughs> I know? Not much. Okay, I have one comment on the Colts Broncos games. NFL or yeah. NFL TV providers, please stop putting the Broncos on primetime. For the well, love of God, they've been on three of five weeks. They're about to be on four of six weeks because they're Monday night next week. God, please stop. They've, they've got to flex them out of that, right? They, Surely they can move somebody from Sunday to Monday. You, no, they really don't like doing that. <laughs> I do not give a shit. All right, let's let's move on to Sunday Night Football. Uh, the Ravens pulled it out. It was another squeaker. Um, man, the Bengals made that one close there for a bit, and the, the Ravens just came back, pulled it off. What you got on this one? Yeah, I mean, the Ravens have an excellent team, and we've been surprised that they've choked away so many games. It was nice to finally see them get it done this week. I don't know what to think of the Bengals right now. They're not – awful by any stretch of the imagination after losing this week they're two and three they're not where they want to be they're not where i think a lot of people expected them to be but by no means is this a bad team i think the afc north is going to come down between the Bengals and the ravens you know maybe maybe they split you know ravens had a little bit of the home field advantage underneath the lights who knows and to only be two points better with that advantage that's tough the Bengals. Man, they they'll get it they'll get it sorted out. I think you know we every time you think they're down and out, they do something to challenge that. 
And this week, I don't, I don't think you can count them as down and out this week. They just ran into a Ravens team that finally said, hey, we're not going to lose this game in the last five minutes. Correct. Uh, in fact, they won. I saw stats on Justin Tucker's field goal um, to win the game. Apparently, the stat is um, that if the field goal posts were half a yard wide, his kick was so down the middle, it has still been good. Oh, man. Justin That's, Tucker, if Justin Tucker has the opportunity to win the game for the Ravens, he's he going win to win the, the game. game for the Ravens. Yep. And this was a two-point victory, so no no other way to prove it. Well, not the closest primetime matchup of the week. We do have a one-point victory. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs against the Raiders. The Raiders came out real hot, looked real good there for a bit. Uh, and then the second half happened in, Patty Mahomes took over. Did Patty Mahomes take over, or did he just have the most reliable red zone target in the history of professional football? I don't want to talk about Travis Kelsey. I'm sorry. Because every time Patty Mahomes was throwing a touchdown, it was to Travis Kelsey. It makes me upset because I lost fantasy this week because of it. Seven receptions, 25 yards, four touchdowns. God damn it. <laughs> Standard scoring, 26 and a half, and then PPR, 33.5. Just unreal numbers for Travis Kelsey. Dude, that really upset me because I had the second highest points in the league this week, and I lost. But you had the nicest score of the week at 169. That is that is very, very true. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this game a little bit already. Uh, there's not much else to say. I know I was definitely sweating it. I was like, man, we all picked the Chiefs at home on Monday night. And they're getting worked by the Raiders, and all of a sudden that hometown advantage came in. Yep. Chiefs were able to pull it out. And yeah, one point, not not great, but a win's a win. All right, let's get on to our picks. Ben, what you got on the Eagles and Cardinals? Whew. Oh, I like I, this, man. Look at me, five and zero on the week. Ah, oh, it's a beautiful yeah, yeah, sight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Eagles won this one, twenty to seventeen. Nobody expected this to be the last undefeated team in the NFL. This is insane. And I I think the bigger question here is what the hell is going on with the Cardinals? Because while the Eagles didn't cover, they were still five and a half point favorites going into this one. What I mean, where does this where is this coming from? I I don't know what's going on with Kyler Murray. I don't think there's any any injury type stuff going on. I know losing DeAndre Hopkins ben, coming back next I know week, what, week seven. Week seven. I know what happened with Kyler Murray this week. It was double XP weekend. We covered this. I was actually it? went. I don't think it was. No, it was because Doug sent it to us, and I went back and changed my pick in my pick and league because of it. <laughs> oh my god! It's just this one is what's going on with the Cardinals is almost more puzzling than what's going on with the Lions. Right, they went from highest scoring offense. Everybody being like, "How is this team one and three to getting shut out by the Patriots oh, with I a backup quarterback?" Like, oh, dude, the zapping is happening. You've been dying to say that, haven't you? No, I, we've already said it once before in the show. Either way, dude, Bailey Zappi. It scares me that Bailey Zappi looks good right now. Like, let's just be real. I, I as a Dolphins fan, fear the Patriots' late round quarterback that takes over for an injury to the starting quarterback, who's projected to be a world beater anyway. Oh, you want to talk about a backup quarterback that's a world beater right now? Let's go straight into your game here. Oh, 
Cooper Rush is 5-0 and as a Cowboys quarterback. We're talking about the Eagles being the last undefeated team. Did anyone really expect Cooper Rush to start 5-0 and as a quarterback in the NFL? Across got, two seasons. It across is across two seasons. two seasons. He is 4-0 on the season. But Jesus Christ, what? Although this game, if I read the stat line correctly, kind of follows the same game plan as it has been, which is it's been mostly the run game that's been carrying them. And it hasn't been Zeke that's mostly been carrying them either, which is just adding to the controversy with the Cowboys offense and the Cowboys in general right now. I, I'm very curious to see how this is going to shake out because Jerry Jones is overly involved with the team. Yes. I'm concerned he's going to want to stick with Cooper Rush, and I don't know how much they can really rely on this run game. But then again, it's not like his passing numbers are atrocious. No, they're solid. I just I'm gonna find it I find it hard to believe that when Dak comes back, they're gonna they're gonna start Cooper Rush over him. I still find that hard to believe. Because it's in the reason I say that is it's the same reason why Zeke is so hard to not play for Mike McCarthy. As much as Tony Pollard's been playing better, Jerry Jones's money is in Zeke. Jerry Jones's money is in Dak. So that's I honestly think Jerry Jones is the reason that Zeke is still getting the playing time he's getting, to be completely honest with you. I don't think that's Mike McCarthy at all. I think so, too. I think so, too. And I think, you know, moving forward, you have got to – you've got to take into consideration what's been working, right? So even if they go with Dak Prescott, I think they have to go to a more run-focused offense. I don't know how you can justify anything else, frankly. No, you you can't. So I look, you know, Doug went with the Rams because Monday night in LA. No, no, let's let's call this for what it was. Doug saved us from ourselves. You and I both tried to pick the Rams. Doug messed up making the slide <laughs> and gave us the win. Doug sacrificed himself for us. Yes, yes, he did. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. <laughs> I will say, though, when I saw it like that, I never – I think it's got, I got to change how I make my picks because I really just took the Rams because it was at home, because it was Monday Night Football. But the Rams really haven't been all that impressive this week. If you, it, I'm going to go going forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, but I'm going to go forward and just say – when I'm making my picks, I'm going to put out a scenario that both teams win and whatever I believe more. That's what I'm going with. I like it. Because I absolutely talked myself into taking the Cowboys. I had completely forgotten that I didn't want to take the Cowboys. All right. Hey, let us uh, apply that same logic to our fantasy picks. Well, hold on. Uh-oh. We got something a little special before, uh, before we get to that. We talked about alternate jerseys. We talked a lot about alternate jerseys on the last show. Well, there is one, at least in the NFL this week, that we have to talk about now because when we're live on Thursday, they'll be running around on the field wearing this. And that is the Chicago Bears, Roquan Smith as the uh, the model here. And, uh, yeah, the orange jerseys they've had, they still have white pants. I'm a little disappointed they haven't done the Madden fuck-up orange pants yet. And uh, the orange helmet, I it's grown on me. I'm not going to lie to you. I still think it's incredibly lazy. Don't don't get me wrong on that. It's incredibly lazy, but it the orange helmet has grown on me. 
if you gave them the orange pants and then the what you really want to see, we, we've talked about it before, but we give you what you really want to see in the actual bear logo on that helmet, those are clean uniforms. If they if they had a put I might even let you go helmet. chrome on the orange. Like I hate the chrome dome, but you put the bear on it. Oh dude, if you chromed up the bear on the helmet. I would argue that chrome helmets have no place in the NFL. I'm looking at you, New York football jets. I would argue chrome helmets have no place anywhere, but hey, that's just me. Yeah, you're a hater. Yeah, but this is this is what the Bears are rocking. If you're an audio listener, uh Bot'll be up on Twitch. Twitch.tv backslash big dudes in the trenches, all one word. Or uh, you can hit that link at the bottom in the description here to our YouTube. We got to get some subscribers, so make sure to subscribe when you go to the YouTube. Thanks. Uh, that way we can get a custom URL. YouTube rules. All right. But that's all we got. I don't believe the commanders are coming out in any type of alternate uniform. Let's be real. This year is alternate uniforms every week for them because they are brand new uniforms. <laughs> All right. Now, hit the slide. Yeah. Look, I got one right. Jarvis Landry was out this weekend, so you should have taken my advice. Um, I told you not to play him. He came up and with this is, zero points riding the pine. This is why you want to listen to our shows live, because Thursday night is when we pick this. So if you had listened and gone Thursday night and said, hey, you know what? They said to sit Jarvis Landry. Let me let me put him on the bench and see if I can find somebody better or just put somebody on my roster and that's better. Because yep. if you had Jarvis Landry didn't have a better option on your bench, you might have been really scrambling on Sunday, and by then it might have been too late. Yep. And then Garrett Wilson was a little bit of a dud for me this week. I thought he was going to go off. Apparently Zach Wilson doesn't like Garrett Wilson, and that concerns me as a Garrett Wilson owner. Um, uh, Garrett Wilson manager, uh, let's let's – not confuse things. Uh, uh, he had three receptions on four targets, 27 yards, uh, two and a half in standard, 5.7 in PPR. Look, I'll take the wash on this. This game was brutal for Miami, but that scoreline does not depict how close that game was for like 95% of it. Um, but hey, Garrett Wilson, I'm still looking for you, buddy. You'll still be starting on my on my team. That brings us to start and sit for our running backs. Now, I've, I've nailed it with Caleb Huntley, frankly. I don't quite understand why he was such a hot commodity to pick up. I like I get it. Cordero Patterson was hurt. Everybody was like, all right, who's going to who's gonna replace him? It's Algier. Yeah, Caleb Huntley wasn't it. Eight carries, 34 yards, 3.4 points in standard and PPR. Uh, and then, again, another wash here. Actually, Phil Herbert did – one point or sorry 2.3 points worse in standard and ppr with only 1.1 points 11 yards on four carries i was a little surprised by that especially when the bears started to mount that comeback that khalil herbert was not more involved however the offense was working perfectly fine without him there so maybe these reports that uh you know khalil herbert wasn't going to fit into the or sorry khalil herbert was going to be decent back as opposed to David Montgomery uh, in terms of how, you know, the run game was going to work in this offense. All smoke, no fire. Yeah, maybe maybe it wasn't exactly right. And I kind of thought that going into the season as well, but with Khalil Herbert lights it up the way he did the first three weeks of the season, kind of tough to, to completely block that out of your mind there. So 
another week, another wash as far as fantasy forecasts go. We're sitting at about an eleven and nine hit record. So we'll, we'll slightly try and shape up here. Yeah, slightly better. We'll try and shape up here. I'd say our sits have been pretty good. I don't think we've ever missed one of those. Our our starts not our starts I, I, are way more hitting this. I I definitely missed one when I said to sit J.K. Dobbins the week he went off. Yeah, that was his first week back from injury. That was just a conservative pick. I'm not going to get too upset with you about that. All right. But that'll do it for NFL talk. I guess it's time to move on to some college football news. And I think there's no better way, no better place to start. And with the AP Top 25 poll. So what do you say we go straight to it? Let's do it. And I got to say, this is the first week I am not overly upset about the AP Top 25. Um, there are some things I like. There are some things I don't like. But overall, the movement in the top four, Georgia takes number one again. Ohio State bumps up to number two, and Alabama drops to number three after they arguably should have lost that game to AM. and um, they I'll give out some news later, and we'll discuss this more later in the week, but they're extremely lucky that Bryce Young is coming back uh, this weekend. At least that's what reports are saying at this moment. Yep, so that's the top three. Number four is Clemson, followed by number five, Michigan. Number six, Tennessee. Number seven, number seven, USC. Number eight, Oklahoma State. Number nine is Ole Miss. And number 10, Penn State. Worth mentioning here, at number 25, we have James Madison University, who is ineligible for a bowl game this season. Can we talk about that for a minute? I, dude, I'm really wondering what's going to happen when they get the highest ranking group of sixty or group of five team, and ESPN says, "Hey, you have to, you have to let them through because they, they pay the NCAA money." Um, is what it is. I love that JMU's here. It's it's taken them five weeks at the FBS level to get their first top twenty five national ranking. This is absolutely fantastic. NCAA, Conference USA, please, for the love of God, allow them to play in a conference championship in a bowl game. All right, moving on to our next story here. Rutgers have fired their offensive coordinator. Um, honestly, I didn't even go look up his name. Uh, but their, their tight end coach, Nunzio Campanelli, uh, is going to take over as their offensive coordinator and their their quarterback coach. Uh, this is a move from Greg Schiano after losing to Nebraska in a one-score game, something that has not happened in two years. Um, I don't know. To me, that does not seem like the most enticing offensive coordinator job out there. No. I. It's, it's interesting that we're talking about, you know, the top three bouncing around because – Really, all these, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, they've all looked vulnerable at different times during the season. Rutgers just hasn't looked good at all this season. And I don't know, maybe maybe a change in offensive coordinator will fix that. Maybe they've got talent that wasn't utilized the best way. But I just, I would not, I guess, I guess it's better to have a Division One FBS Power 5 job than not. That's, yeah, that's no, really 100%, all to it. 100%. All right, Ben, I'm going to let you run with this because I know you love this team oh so much. 
Yeah, so Tennessee safety Jalen McCullough is facing felony assault charges. Now, reportedly, a man walked into his apartment by mistake. McCullough followed him out and punched him, knocked him out. So, I lived in Tennessee for a while. He, if he followed him out, if he followed him out, I get it. But if somebody walked in and he, like, if he had punched him in his apartment, there's no charges there. There's no charges. It's yeah. there is castle domain law in Tennessee. So. So I, I will I will add this into the story, too, because I read this when I was reading through the article. Uh, the man had admitted that he was drinking in his apartment with his friends. He had walked out to go get something uh, and walked back into the wrong apartment. In other words, dude was cocked off his mind. Mm-hmm. Now, that does not change the fact that if he had actually walked out of the apartment and, and McCullough had followed him, this is absolutely an issue. But I'm with you. If if this is just the report and not actually what happened, because let's be honest, how much is the, the legal system going to trust a drunk witness? It's hard to say. Um, if that's not what happened, then I, I'm on your side and it's Castle Domain and that's 100% his place to punch a dude out. Yep. And worth noting, this is the third Tennessee player to be arrested so far this season. Start off with Savion Herring, offensive lineman who was dismissed from the program after he was charged with domestic assault. And then linebacker William Mohan, he was also arrested on domestic assault charges in August, also dismissed from the team. It's insane to me that this team keeps winning when it seems like they couldn't get out of their own way so often through recent years where they've had teams that had such high expectations and this year they've got all this extra shit going on on the side and they're number six i was gonna say maybe maybe that it was it pruitt no that's not who the coach is right now um hypel hypel maybe he was the right hire i mean clearly he's getting some world beaters out there um Oh, God. All right, before I get us off the air real quick, let's throw up some ranked matchups and go on into it. I already mentioned the Bryce Young line. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Young, he's expected to be available for Tennessee this weekend. I'd already said that. And we had another big injury this week, though. Oh, I did almost skip that one, huh? This one hurts, uh, man. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know if Kansas wins, and we'll talk about this game here in a little bit. I don't know if the, if they win if Jalen Daniels doesn't go out, but it definitely did not help. Uh, no, not at all. Kansas would lose this one. So he's looking. It's looking like he's going to miss the rest of the season. I hope this doesn't spell the end of the line for him as far as football go, goes. I hope you know he's able to go to the combine. combine so he does have another year of eligibility. He is a COVID player, so he has another year of eligibility. God, you got to be asking the question of what's what's better right now. I, if you're coming off an injury and you had no draft stock going into the season, you got to return. I think so, because he, he was definitely building it. And I think this team's only going to be better if he comes back again next year, because all the talented players around him are going to be that much better. The question there becomes, and now we're getting to some real speculations, does he stay at Kansas or does he follow Leopold? Yeah, it's assuming Lance Leopold leaves. Yeah, I, I agree, but he is the biggest, hottest name out there right now. He is the new shiny for all the Power 5 programs. 
Yeah, of course it is. It's disgusting. I hate it. I don't even like fucking Kansas. I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. Let's just go into our ranked matchups this week. Big one in the Pac-12. Utah, number 11, once again is upset by a lower seed, losing this time to UCLA, who had about 14 people in the stands. It is good for college football when UCLA and USC are good. And uh, ironically, both teams are undefeated right now. That's, so that's yeah. absolutely awesome. Our second matchup, Tennessee beat LSU. And then our third matchup. Oh, oh we're just going to walk, walk over how Tennessee absolutely walked into Death Valley and said no. And absolutely trounced on the Tigers. Well, it's not the original Death Valley anyway. So that's really it, why. It's I one of the Death way. Valleys. Yeah, it's not the OG. LSU would fall completely out of the rankings due to this as well. Tennessee was only a three-point favorite, and they won 40-13. to 13. Like, I, I'm not saying ten, Tennessee's legit, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> LSU. I love how you tried to walk over that one. Like, yeah, and this one happened, and... Uh, what'd you, I mean, what'd you expect? <laughs> exactly you to do that. I also want to point out that while Jalen Daniels went out, TCU only won 38-31. to 31. Right, this yeah, was still a very close, but very competitive game. Yep. Kansas, I'm worried about them. Right, Jalen Daniels was the heart and soul of this team, but I think they're going to be all right moving forward. Their their quarterback is Mister Bean, so I think they'll be okay. Oh God, I don't, I don't even want to know. His last name know. is actually Bean. I know. I just, I don't want to know. Let's go on to our FCS rank matchups. Another uh, close one, twenty-seven the, to twenty-one. The Blue Hens, man, they the Blue Hens. Lost I believed this them. one. It was their first loss of the season, and William Mary improved to five and one, winning twenty-seven to twenty-one. One possession game. Barn burner is what it looks like to me. Yep. Our next matchup: Weber State, number seven, at home hosting Eastern Washington. Uh, yeah, this one wasn't even close though. Forty-five to twenty-one. I can't say I'm all that surprised though. No. And last but not least, of course, the game I was most excited for actually looked into going to this one with SIU playing Missouri State, and the Dogs won thirty-eight to twenty-one in Springfield. They improved to four and two, while Missouri State falls to two and for big win in Missouri Valley Conference play. SIU has completely turned their season around. I'm hoping they can keep up this momentum. This is an absolutely fantastic game for SIU. Uh, this slide hurts uh, me personally. Um, but, hey, it's the FCS. We're, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sometimes picking and seeing what sticks. Uh, Eastern Washington is not it. Neither is Missouri State right now. Nope. And that brings us to the nicest slide on here. We talked about USC and UCLA both being undefeated. Well, it continued this week. We said Washington State was going to have to do some things well to win this game, obviously, and really outperform what they've done all year. But it was still an intriguing matchup because they were 4-1 and coming into this thing. When you really looked at their record, it wasn't all that impressive that they were 4-1. and But there they were. USC, of course, was undefeated and at home. They were number six. They were a 17-point favorite. And what do you know? They missed covering it by one point. Vegas wins again. It's almost like that's why they set them there. 
It's you know what? I am gonna insane. I am gonna skip something real quick because we're gonna talk about the game where where the betters won, um, and Vegas lost because Jesus Christ. Oh, you walked into the Texas State Fair and said, "You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna lay an egg." In Texas, when you're goddamn right, you are freaking forty-nine to nothing. Are you kidding me? It is the biggest shutout loss in OU history, and you know Texas is excited that they were able to do it the last year in the Big Twelve in the Red River rivalry. It has not been confirmed that this is the last year in the Big Twelve. They're it's technically the under. The they're technically nothing's been announced, though. We can't officially say that yet. It's probably their last year in the There you go. I'm okay with that. This is absolutely insane. I don't know what the hell is going on with Oklahoma. But (laughs) Oklahoma being in college football playoff conversations probably won't happen again next year after how bad this year is going. Oh, no, that was absolutely brutal. Uh, Quinn Ewers came back and looked like a stud, like he hasn't missed any time. Looked like he was every bit of the recruit he was touted to be. Uh, which must be nice for for Texas to see this early. Uh, Honestly, after playing one and a half games prior, um, for them to see that this early has to be real nice. Um, I don't That was a brutal offense to watch. Yeah, and then for Hudson Card to come out and just kind of – he was good enough to win a couple of games. Yep. You know, it it seems like maybe the boosters actually made a good decision – uh, in this one, I, we'll we'll see, man. I, I mean, I agree. It's it's, the, it's tough to put a lot of this and and seeing a lot of high praise for uh, Quinn Ewers and the Texas offense when we've seen just how bad OU has been this season. So, so I will say this: the last two weeks, you can realize that Dylan Gabriel is out. Brett Venables came through as an offensive, uh, as a defensive coordinator. I don't know how much he's used to working with his backup quarterbacks or who he hired for his offensive coordinator if they're used to doing that. Now, that might sound like a cop-out, but honestly, that's a that's a big deal because Bevel is just not the answer. Bevel looks like garbage out there. He, the game is too fast for him. He can't make his reads. Um, I don't know. That's just – it looked like somebody who's not ready to play D1 college ball. Uh at quarterback for OU, and that's, I have to say, that's a significant part of their issues right now. Yeah, it's, they, they've got to get it, they've got to get it figured out. That's all, that's all there really is to it. Last but not least, Doug's game, we're going back to the middle of the screen here, for those of you viewing, I'm sure you were wondering why we hadn't talked about Purdue, Maryland, it's because Doug's not here in Texas, Oklahoma was just that insane. But this one was pretty crazy, too. Maryland was a three-point favorite, and guess who lost by three? Maryland. Purdue is a weird team. Maryland is a weird team. And the Big Ten is being kind of weird this year. Illinois has creeped its way into the top 25 at number 24. I don't don't know what's going on. So I will say this about Purdue. For for those of you who don't follow – the Big Ten closely, uh, as much as Doug does and has since gotten me to pay attention to it. Typically, it's not on the road, but Purdue is always that game 
that even the big schools have circled because that is the trap game every year. Everyone overlooks Purdue for absolutely no reason. Uh, so that is 100% the trap game. I completely agree. I'm curious to see how this season ends up shaking out for all of these teams. And really, I've got I've got USC, UCLA circled. I mean, how can you not at this point, right? You, you have to. No, that 100%. And we might get it two weeks in a row. That would be amazing and i think that's what everybody in college football wants ncaa the pac-12 the pac-12 probably does not want to see that ncaa let them both wear home jerseys it's okay they're just very different in color just let them wear, I think, both wear home jerseys i think they can it just takes prior coordination the reason it was a penalty that one year was because nobody had coordinated it prior you shouldn't need to it's my own team as long as the colors are distinctive I I agree. I I don't make the rules. I know. Mr. Ref. I know. I just have to enforce them. Here is uh, Doug's picks as far as prospect previews. Deshaun Jones, redshirt senior out of Maryland. No stats recorded. I I didn't get a chance to watch this game, so I couldn't tell you what happened. I, I will Doug say something. I Let will me... say, okay, yeah, if, he, if he's got something for us, you scroll through and see. Um, but I will say for the way they've been playing this year, for him not to have any stats recorded is a huge reason why they lost because, if I'm not mistaken, he's been fairly involved in every game. Uh, you're looking at four to five catches every game to this point, um, even getting involved in the rushing game. Uh, that's uh, No stats recorded is a tough one. Yeah, it's... I just, I hate it. But we're going through, I know he sent something. I just can't find it quite. Yeah, here we go. So actually, let's go backwards a little bit here and pick up his notes for Purdue at Maryland. He says, fantastic game. Quote, all sorts of dumb shit from each team. Neither has a shot at conference title if they play like this every game, but very fun. Came down to a missed PAT and then a failed two-point try by Maryland. Game ball goes to tight end Payne Durham for his multiple clutch big plays to seal things for the Boilermakers this week. And going uh, off of that to talk about Jayshawn Jones, he was, quote, targeted several times, none of which seemed catchable to me. And when I looked up his stats, I didn't even count any of his targets. So, yeah, I would agree that none of them were catchable. Uh, and sure, first-round pick uh, makes one or two of those. And he does some assessment here. But I still saw enough to invite him to the Senior Bowl. He got open on that game-ending two-point play. Talia Tongabailoa just missed him. And that'll take us to... Carl Brooks, defensive end out of Bowling Green. He did record some stats, two tackles, three assisted. And if those are meager stats, well, it's because Bowling Green got absolutely wrecked this weekend. Uh, it was just brutal for Bowling Green all around from Doug here. I don't know if you can blame Brooks, but at the same time, big-time players show up in big-time games, and he didn't. I mean, if you, if you go – Look at the score of this game. I think it was like forty-four to seven. I mean, yeah, it, it was a just, brutal game. It was not as bad as forty-nine to nothing, but it was gross. It was, it was absolutely 
disgusting. And I dare say almost as gut-wrenching as blowing a 19-point lead in the fourth quarter to lose by one. You did not lose to Utah State. You did the, not The lose. first FBS team to blow a 19-point lead in the fourth quarter in 125 tries. You did not lose to Utah State. <laughs> like, we lost to two one-win teams at one point this year or another. Both Wyoming and Utah State, both in conference, in division. I hate Troy Calhoun. I mean, at both some point, the... you got to blame the players. No, so actually, this is something I brought up with Ben. All right, with, with Doug. Air Force this year has had a serious tendency to play down to their opponents. And when I look at the history of Air Force, it's not just this year. Uh, Air Force tends to play down to their opponents. They play up to their opponents, too. Mm-hmm. But to me, something systematic like that, and maybe this is confirmation bias and me just looking for something, that also comes from the coaching staff, uh, if, it, if it truly is systematic. Um, that's, I don't know. I think that's confirmation bias from you. Because I'll take it. I've never seen, it. I've been a part of teams that do that, and I've never had a coach ever do anything differently except getting our ass more whenever we're playing a, a worse team because he knows that we're fucking slacking off in practice. So it's it's not – I don't think you put it on the coach. The players are just not listening to him and respecting what he has to say for whatever reason. Maybe that does come back on him a little bit. I was going to say that's also another reason to get a good, go get a new coach. We've seen teams do it where coach can't get the buy-in, so, all right, coach, you're gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not – you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I have nothing in the way of non-NFL pro news this week. And honestly, it was a pretty busy weekend for everybody on the show uh, this week. Uh, We all, of course, enjoyed our day off on Monday. And then that's why we weren't live yesterday, by the way. And uh, we all just kind of were running around, enjoying the start of a nice long weekend. So I don't. You know, we never got around to doing the Mount Rushmore. We never really thought of a good idea to do it with. We were working on the Discord, trying to get everything sorted out with that. You got any updates for us there, Tug? Uh, They are currently working on it. I will give a little bit of a spoiler. We are having a bot made specifically for us uh, that does not exist out there right now. Um, So that's going to be a a big news. Uh, Hopefully I have updates later this week. Uh, But things are in the works, and magic should be happening here soon. Yeah, and... Like we said, you know, we we simply just don't have enough time on these shows or enough time live with everybody to go and do these Mount Rushmores and these Mount Rushmore drafts live on the air. We don't have those capabilities, but Discord is going to afford us the opportunity to at least let you guys see how we make our picks. And uh, that way you know, hey, uh, it's it's legit. And when we introduce it on the Monday shows, you will know that, it was done fairly and correctly. So we're looking forward to getting that all sorted out. But for right now, just wait. Just wait. It's coming. All right. I do have one more piece of news I forgot to mention earlier. I forgot to throw it in there. Uh, for the first time, there is hinting of it. the NFL looking at expanding into Europe. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot to put that story in there, too. I 
there, there's a lot of news. It seems like Roger Goodell, his comment says he feels like London could support two teams. Um, look, I don't want to get into this now. We, we're already at the end of the show. I'm going to take some time to develop my thoughts, but you're looking at two in, two in London. I think one in Spain, one in Germany is the initial reports. Uh, and then adding some Canadian and some, some Mexican teams as well. Um, the initial report is just four teams in Europe. Uh, fans have taken that and speculated, well, hey, if you're going to do that, you're going to make an international division. The international division will be Canada, Mexico, and Europe. Uh, we'll see how all this shakes out. Let me form my thoughts before we get into it fully. Um, but Ben, just to, to break us up here, you want to you wanna go with uh, your uh, Snapple fact for, for Tuesday? Well, I absolutely want to, before I do that, I absolutely want to say, if you have any thoughts on this or any theory, speculation that you might want to throw in an ad, be sure to shoot us an email, bdt or mailbox at bdtfootball.com, or you can slide into those DMs on Twitter, twitter.com backslash bdtfootball, or just at bdtfootball on Twitter. Slide into yeah. all of our DMs. Yeah, I mean, you can hit us up on Instagram, where it's instagram.com underscore, or instagram.com slash bdt underscore football, dear God. and then He doesn't Facebook. usually do this, guys. Yeah, facebook.com backslash BDT football. So really search BDT football. You'll find us anywhere. You can shoot us that message. Give us your theories. We want to hear from you. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash BDT football. We got some tiers. We got some trench ratings. They are very close to coming out. Be ready. I think next week will be the first week that we debut them. If you disagree with the college football playoff rankings, or rather the AP Top 25 rankings, ours are completely unbiased. And Doug actually hated it for quite a time last year because we had Michigan at number one. If you want any proof that it's unbiased, it would be the fact that Doug made the system and it put Michigan at number one the first year we went public with it. So obviously no bias involved here. I didn't make it. I can't do anything. I just hate Doug for putting Tennessee at one. He, he didn't, didn't put, put him there. One. He the didn't numbers put him there. did. Tennessee put him there. The numbers did. Uh, but yeah, Snapple fact, because I can't believe we have to talk nicely about Tennessee since they're... A full moon is nine times brighter than a half moon. I like it. It's interesting to me that it's nine times instead of two times, but what are you going to do? You know, not much. There's really not much you can do at that point. (laughs) But, all right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the trenches.